0: Man, I missed y'all so much. Go ahead and just go right into it. Did y'all miss me? Shout out to Jada and Fab. Did a great battle for hip hop. Shout out to New York. But I gotta get this, this battle to Jada Kiss. On your block forever stranded. Yeah, I live by the ten crack commandments. Either you earn respect or you demand it. That's how I was raised. It's the liquor versus the reaper. Reaper. Yeah. It's the angel versus the reaper. Uh, You might not know, but it gets deep. Gotta come to the hood if you wanna reach us. Yep. I lay you down in the earth right underneath us. Same town, just the poor parts, uh, The beggars that disappear when the war starts. Back. Still out here, dog. I got war scars. Yeah, you no know me I I'm got a lot of scars the floor starts. <sighs> when your street smart money's your report card, yeah. I got the deck now, I could pull a boss card. Top five. Yes, 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 yes. Top five, top five, dead or alive shout out to Jada kiss a lot of y'all getting f's your report cards straight failing out there it's a lot of people claiming what they doing but your fruit don't match what you're saying but i'm a positive person not here to call you out but man what a great versus battle but before we even just talk about that i miss y'all so let's get it started right testing testing one four three testing testing one to the four to the three Ah, welcome to the Ken's Corner Podcast, and I am your host, Ken, and oh my goodness, I missed y'all so much. Welcome to episode number 63. Let me tell you what happened, even before I do all my introductions. I have a very nice computer, a HP touchscreen, and been taking very good care of my computer, downloaded DJ equipment so that's why you were getting a nice I was you know getting into my DJ bag learning how to blend and you got the nice little mixes with the fiery speeches with the music and something happened that's why they call accidents and I cracked my screen and in cracking my screen I couldn't even access my computer so I'm still waiting on HP to send me Uh, the box so i can send my computer out and so with all of that going on i have to share computers and then it was just a lot so i just took the week off i apologize it's not neglectful as far as me getting lazy with my craft however i want to make sure i give you quality content and if i can't give you quality content i don't want to do it so i still don't have my computer i'm borrowing someone's computer. But I'm going to make sure I give you quality content. So I missed you. Please thank you for sticking with me, rocking with me. Thank you for the encouragement for those couple people that did give me encouragement. I'm so appreciative of that. But like I said before, welcome to episode number 63 of the Ken's Corner podcast. And I am your host, Ken. And as always, I thank you for listening and tuning in to me because you honestly could be doing something else. I know that always sounds cliche-ish, but I am for real. You could really be doing something else other than listening to me on a Tuesday. And when you're listening to me, and I'm so thankful that you're listening to me, if you're new, welcome. If you've been here for a while, thank you. Wherever you absorb or have your content intake, whatever platform you're using, I need you to subscribe. I need you to set the notification so you can be alerted whenever I release. And I am a weekly podcast, but I explained to you while I was off this past week. And then I need you to stream, download, share, retweet, like on all my social media. And all my social media platforms, what you can do is type in Ken's Corner, and I am on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm also on Twitter. You can also interact with me and contact me for speaking engagements and just master classes through my website, which is www.kenscorner.co. That is www.kenscorner.co. So it's been a couple of weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got something in my throat. It's been a couple of weeks, and with that, two weeks off a lot has transpired however i am going to be mindful of your time and mine also so there's no way i can make up for everything i am going to just let you know what you know just the highlights and first and foremost i had a wonderful father's day a year ago i talked on my podcast i believe it's around episode 11 with um talking about being a father or the lessons that I learned from my father and emotionally I wanted to revisit that this past week however I just decided again I didn't want to rush content just to throw something out there and also this gave me enough time to also just recap the feeling of admiration and joy that I have being around a father As a person who, and again, you can go back to episode 11. I don't want to be redundant. You can also listen to my TED talk as I talk about um, forgiveness and, you know, those things of not having a father consistently in my life and what that meant to me and my drive to be a dad. So that's already been chronicled. But this time I want to really concentrate on the things I do have as being a father myself. So everything that I didn't have, you know, as Kanye said, everything I'm not made me everything I am. And what I strive to do is not to be perfect, but just be as real and open and authentic, most importantly, and consistent to my sons. And I have four wonderful, handsome young men Well, I do my best to affirm, if not every day, every other day. And it's just a joy and a pleasure that God has entrusted me to be a father. And so that was reciprocated with my sons. They cooked for me all day. You know, I'm a chef. So to be able to sit back and have other people cook for you is a much needed and much appreciated break. Did a very good job cooking breakfast and then had a nice crab boil, seafood boil. They did an excellent job. So i just, just so thankful. But most importantly, just had a chance to be able to sit with my children and my wife and my mother and just enjoy the day. So they did a very good job of just showering me with gifts and admiration and encouragement and all those things, affirmation. So that's very good. So I know it's a couple of weeks late, but I would like to give a personal shout out and love to all the fathers out there, whether you have a biological, whether you are the biological father or you've taken kids in as your own in the blended families or you've been a mentor, a father figure, spiritual father. And also I like to just send my prayers out to those because Father's Day is not always easy for everybody because for me it's always bittersweet. Again, the loss of my father and my father in law, it's just one of those things that it still it still hurts. And so to be able to, you know, transfer that hurt, still have those emotions, however, be able to receive the love and happiness that my kids gave me. It's just, it's just wonderful. So great time. And so then today, as I record, I sit and honor and marvel at my second son, who turned 17 today. And that son is by my wife. Um, I had a child previous to my marriage, but this is our the first first child with my wife. And that little dude, he's no longer little, has been through a lot. And just to see him to mature and to grow has just been a joy. He is really a—well, all my kids are a better version of me. Um, This one, just the simple fact that he looks like me or he has a lot of mannerisms like me. Um, You know, people say he's my twin and a lot of things that he does, and mannerisms are just really spot-on to me. So in all my children, as as Tupac says— um, I really uh, really liked having babies so I could see a part of me that wasn't always shady. So the parts of me that wasn't always shady is always a great part and a great theme and motivation to look at. Um, with him in particular, uh, following in my footsteps as a football player, much better than his dad at his age. Um, going through the college recruiting period with him has been both frustrating and rewarding just keeping him motivated and focused through this whole COVID situation, keeping him in shape, just doing the things that we can do as a family. Um, But most importantly, as in our relationship, our one-on-one relationship it's just been a blessing. So I salute you, son. Zeke, you're just a wonderful son. I'm so thankful that God chose me to be your father. I got him his first tattoo. (laughs) You wanted a tattoo, and that was just a great experience to be able to sit with him and watch him go through the pleasure the pain and the pleasure and it was just great he he gave a shout out to his grandfather which was my father-in-law who passed away um his he's actually named after him his middle name is after him to give honor to him and but also the other part that's the physical double entendre is the fact it's an ode to me an ode to me because he got a cross that looks just like my cross or a better an upgraded version of my cross on the same arm and everything and so even my wife was saying like you know I want a tattoo and I want it she said I want it just like dad but not like that. so it was it was just great just to see him go through that so happy birthday son your father loves you and as I say with all my um, children now go be great in my son, in whom I'm well pleased. The next thing I want to talk about, which is all encompassing, is this when, again, majority of my, I believe the lane that I like to stay in is my reaction and critique of others' reaction to whatever the new cycle is. And within the past couple of weeks, it's been about. Bubba Wallace has been about the confederate flag it's been about the removal of certain historical imageries and statues and things of that nature and starting with the Bubba Wallace situation is the fact that he is a, a black driver and in NASCAR and if you were living up under a rock and you don't know what's going on with that situation, it's the fact that one of his crew people saw a noose, reported it to NASCAR and Bubba Wallace. NASCAR did an investigation, determined that it was a noose, called in the FBI to do an investigation as the FBI did their investigation and <clears throat> Excuse me, determined that it was a noose, however, it was not considered a hate crime, and so there has been an very big divide or further divide than it already has been, as far as one as as african as non african Americans as non descendants of Africans who were forced here against their will will through slavery through chattel slavery to the americas i find it very offensive and short sighted but i'm not going to stay with the word offensive that you defend what's wrong and then try to tell us the the descendants of africans who were forced here forced here against their will How we should feel, and that's the part of white privilege that oozes out of so many is to the point where it becomes again, it's part of their nature. It's part of a lot of people's nature, and that's that's one of the many characteristics of white supremacy. Excuse me, to the fact, not not white supremacy. Excuse me, wrong. that drew a, drew a brain fart and, that's, and you don't want to draw a brain fart when you're the, when you're on, you're the only one on the mic, uh white privilege not white supremacy but uh, one of the characteristics of white privilege is the fact that you don't even recognize the things that you say how you, det- how you want to shape the narrative to tell the oppressed how they should feel to tell the marginalized how they should feel and then you double down by, and the biggest you know argument that comes with this whole noose thing. So first, let's 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 address the noose. The noose. Uh, supposedly, there's a lot of people. And I was a Boy Scout also. And I don't know if it's called a single slip knot or a non-functioning noose or something like that, but. They wanted to get technical and said, "No, this is what the knot actually was." There's a lot of people who went that route. It's this sailor's knot. It's this Boy Scout knot. It, it was a hang tie. Everybody, I have a garage and I do it. And so I'm sitting there, and let's just talk about some common sense things. If there's the only one garage that has this particular knot, so let's take your your theory. Your theory is this is just a regular knot, or a non-functional knot, that several people who have garages have this type of knot. Cool. Then why was it this in anybody else's garage? Again, this is going strictly by the FBI reports, is in nobody else's garage. It was in Bubba's. Now, the other theory that was floating around, or the other, is that the garages are spaces are given to them randomly and that no one knew that that was the one he was going to pull in. Now that is a little harder for me to believe but again I do not know the ins and outs and particulars of NASCAR so I don't know anything about that so my because my knowledge is so limited I can't really have a you know full fledged opinion on it but I just I find that hard to believe and then lastly is this not had been here for months, supposedly, and there's supposed to be been video and photography uh, proof that it was. And I've seen some pictures. I just don't know when the pictures were taken. Now, the other problem I have with that is that that, that is so normal that no one sees that to be a problem. And it's much like in, in certain job situations or certain school situations that's not HBCUs where you have microaggressions and sometimes microaggressions can be so frequent that it becomes normal. And so if you bring it to light for those who can recognize those microaggressions and report them, then all of a sudden the person who does the reporting becomes, uh, gets slandered or becomes now a villain. And now that person gets attacked because they are bringing to light the norm. So as this particular thing relates to this Bubba Wallace situation, if that's been hanging there for so long, then it's such a norm of like how you, how does nobody else say, hey, man, this we have a black driver. OK, let's just say if it's an all let's just say it's an all white sport at, the, at this point. Hey, we got a black driver now. You know what? He may find that offensive. He may look at that and feel a way about it. So, if I'm supposed to be a good fearing Christian white man, maybe I take that person's feeling into consideration. But that's not happening. It's also not happening with the. And I'm so happy that this is happening. As a historian, um, part of history is to revisit it and revisit his history if done properly, um, can be a benefit to society. And for years, we've already known, and and even more places, some places don't even celebrate uh, Columbus Day as a national holiday anymore. But the fact that it is still on the books is a problem. And so now that with this momentum that we're having with Black Lives Matter, so let me just make sure I make myself Explicitly clear that Black Lives Matter, and I support the Black Lives Matter movement. It's 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 now painful that you're uprooting the hate and uprooting the the white. It's just like it's like pulling teeth, you know. When you when and that's an expression that is said that when you're pulling teeth, that is hurt because the root, you know, it's that root that you. That's digging out that's connected to that nerve and that nerve sends those neuro, those pain signals to the brain. And that's how you get pain. And as you're digging out the roots of su- white supremacy and white privilege and just the, some of the e- evils of the world, people that are holding on to that normalcy. It's out of that fear that they're losing some type of power. And they're defending it with their life. Now, we already know that the story of Christopher Columbus has been curated in such a way to make him seem like he was this beloved hero. Beloved. Yeah, I think that's the word. Hero. (laughs) And he wasn't. He wasn't. Now, there are complexities and things that I don't understand. I can only look at the historical data that I have and compare it against other peer reviewed um, data and research. But the simple fact that he didn't discover something is the fact that that was even taught and that lie was perpetuated for years shows you the shortfalls of the educational system. And so with that and then also with the taking down of not only the Christopher Columbus statues but the statues of Robert um, Robert E. Lee and the fact that they held they're the one to hold on so tight to what they say is history why would we want to erect or have anything commemorating a traitor yes it's a historical fact that at that time, President Lincoln did offer Robert E. Lee the chance to be the general over the Union Army. He decided not to, and with with the Confederate side. Now, that's where some historic, some historians argue is because it was his loyalty to Virginia or it was the fact that he supported slavery and he wanted succession. Um, there are many writings of, there are some, I'm not going to say many, some writings and historical accounts of Robert E. Lee Saying that he did not want to succeed from the, from the union, uh, from the nation, but his actions said others, otherwise. And so there are complexities and layers that we do have to take in consideration as historians, as it looks into that. But the one thing we can be certain is that man liked slaves. That's the one thing we can be certain. Even as so, some people will want to, you know, they were post, you know, I love to call it his, um, the his, uh, the social media historians. <laughs> They find little memes and posts without digging deeper and finding out all of the facts surrounding it. As far as, you know, Robert E. Lee even said that he didn't like slaves, Eh, but his actions showed otherwise. See, I look at a person's actions in the moment. And so he had slaves himself. His mother-in-law and his father-in-law both had slaves, and when they both passed away, he had inherited their slaves. Now the thing about it, if you were so benevolent—that's the word—benevolent, and you were, if you were so pro, you know, freedom, and you, you know, wanted to, you was a good God-fearing white man then why did you go against your father-in-law's will your father-in-law's will explicitly said after 5 years i want these f- slaves free but you didn't you didn't do it your justification was that because that you were in some financial problems that it was going to take longer than 5 years to free them so you didn't do it you also have writings that show that you know you actually had the or audacity to say that Africans were better in the United States than they were in Africa. Now, how is it that you better in some other country than the country that you came from? The country that you're, uh, you're the Europeans and the Spaniards and the Chinese that everybody else is stealing from and you, and you and raping that particular continent, but you don't think they are better there? And so why is it, as a descendant of Africans, why do I have to look at that statue? Why should that be normalized and, and, and ingrained and etched in my head and in my kids head? Oh man, there's nothing wrong with the Dukes of Hazard. And as a kid I didn't think anything was wrong until my uncle thankfully educated me by peeling off the the flag on the General Lee Car and then giving me a history level history lesson on the spot changed my life that one event changed my life because they didn't teach us that in school they taught about his military we were taught about his military genius and his military prowess but we were never taught that he was a slave owner and how cruel again it's one thing to be a slave owner which is bad enough but then you're gonna also, dehumanists we're already chattel slaves, so there. The, my descendants were chattel slaves, so therefore they weren't even considered as human, they were considered as property. That's the main difference, so want to give those fake pseudo historians well, slavery happened all in the world in every society. That's a true statement, truly statement, however, other societies did not practice chattel slavery that's a That's a Hispanic and that's a Spain and mostly European situation. Other societies didn't practice under the auspice of manifest destiny. That's a European thing. So let's not get it twisted. So. The fact that we have to normalize racism and white supremacy Is not good psychologically and emotionally for our people, but not psychologically and emotionally good for white people because you you spew non-factual things to hold on to a tradition and a heritage that you really don't know nothing about other about other than the fact that he's white. There are so many other valiant soldiers that could have been recognized from guess what, ladies and gentlemen, from the side that actually won the war, where are the, where are the statues? Now, do I, What should the statues? What should we do with the statues? Ken, glad you asked. I believe that those statues should all be removed and put in the museum, within the proper historical context, and given the holistic as and curated in a way that it tells the whole story. Not just the part to make him look good, but the whole story. And so it's not a fact that we are erasing history, it's the fact that we want to tell the accurate his and her stories, not just the white version. And so I know pulling teeth hurts, I know pulling teeth hurt. But that's why they give you no, cane to came to numb your mouth. And once they numb it, they pull. And once they pull, it gives a chance to heal. So, those who want to continue to hold on to white supremacy and those that are in white privilege that don't want to recognize that and be compassionate to the people who are actually being affected, it's going to hurt. So just take your Novocaine and let's pull them teeth. So I'm just going to go ahead and end on that. I just want to wish my prayer. I'm going to do wish. My prayer is for all of us to, to heal, everyone to heal. Because in finding out truth and, and it, you know, truth is like a cavity. You know, you got to feel, uh, you got to, excuse me, the, the feeling is the truth. Those cavities are those erosions away in our hearts and those erosions away in in our emotion. But we need them filled with truth and with love. And so I just want to say I do love you and thank you so much for your, your time and listening to me. As always, please continue to stay safe. Next week, I think I want to talk about the mask Coronavirus and the Mass. Let me write that down because I do want to talk about that. All right. Well, as always, thank you. You can always again catch me on all my social media, which is you can type in Ken's Corner on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with me and book me for speaking engagements, virtual. You can do virtual um, sessions. As we still, you know, go through this whole COVID situation through Zoom and other meeting um, applications. And you can do that through my website, which is www.kenscorner.co. That's www.kenscorner.co. So with that being said, as always, I love... I trust, and I respect you. This is Ken of Ken's Corner Podcast. Peace.